The following podcast contains explicit language. Hello, and welcome to the B side for episode 1644 of our national conversation about conversations about race, the Klan's invite to your scandal watch party. I'm Anna Holmes here with Tanner Colby. Hey, Tanner. Hello, Anna. Uh, Tanzina Vega, national reporter for race and inequality at CNN Money. Hey, Tanzina. Hello. And also joining us is Adam Serwer, senior editor at The Atlantic. Hi. Hi. On our last episode, we discussed the social media platform Vine, the notion of getting paid for contributing to social media platforms, what the end of Vine implies about who owns intellectual property and the lives and opportunities for creators of color. We are well aware that in the wake of Tuesday night's results, this topic might sound less important, but hang in there for the main episode. We're going to devote a significant amount of time to that and take some time here as well. So here's our producer, AC Valdez, with some of what you all had to say about last week's episode. Hey, everyone. Um, So I want to start off with some Vine stuff. I am so grateful to our listeners because we got so many, many, many calls that we don't really have time to get to this week. But I'm going to start off with this call from Senegal about compensating creators online. Hi, this is Travis, and I'm calling from Senegal, West Africa. I'm currently serving in the Peace Corps. And I just had a comment on the most recent episode, specifically pertaining to Anna's comments about how people shouldn't expect money from from the social media outlets that they're putting free content on. And I totally agree with her that when you're putting content on there, you, there's no expectation that you should be rewarded for that financially in any way. But I think if you set it up sort of like this idea of a non-internet world where there's this common space that someone owns and someone's created for artists, or well, I mean, for anyone to come and display what they're doing and talk about what they're doing, and artists come there and they display their paintings or their sculptures or whatever, and it's all free. People can come in and out, and maybe the person who owns the place sells like concessions or something to, you know, kind of make some money. And if one of those artists gets big and gets really popular and starts bringing in a lot of people and the owner of this place starts making more money off of the concessions or whatever it is they're selling there, I think it's totally within the artist's right to say to the creator of the space and the owner of this space, hey, I'm helping you out a lot. You know, I'm bringing in a ton of revenue for you. You should you should take me some money and help me out. And I think it's also within the owner's right to say, no, I'm not going to do that. And then the artist can can either decide to continue to do what they're doing for free or can choose to leave and try and create their own space where they can make a profit. So I, I think it's totally reasonable for someone to, to ask someone like Mark Zuckerberg or to ask the creators of Vine to, to, to kick back money to them for a popular product. But it's also within – because it's a public space, it's within the right of the, the public space creator to to say no, we don't we don't want to do that. So I, that was just my my one comment. I, I felt like that wasn't really brought up, and and I think if you think about it as sort of a physical public space versus a versus a digital one, it becomes much clearer how how people can approach that sort of model financially. So yeah, keep up the show. I really enjoy it, and uh, I hope to hear some more great episodes from all of you. Thank you so much. Bye. Hmm. I'm going to have to think about that a little bit. So I don't I don't have an immediate response to him. I'm going to think about the idea of what if this was a physical space. The one thing I will say in response to him, 
I think it's fine for creators to ask for compensation, but I don't think it's fine for them to expect it. And I think that those are two specific things. I think I made it clear when I was we were talking about this last week. I just want to reiterate that and kind of in response to what um, he had to say. Well, I think it uh, part of it has to do with what social media started as, what it became. Like Facebook, when it came on, was like, oh, just share some pictures with your friends. And then it's now it's become this entertainment and it's where people get everything. And so the expectation was, oh, I just put up my photos so that my family can see them. Not because it's being monetized by a corporation for data mining purposes. And so people just started participating and putting all their stuff up there without really an understanding of what the profit model was. And I don't think... Mark Zuckerberg knew what the profit model was because all the time they didn't make any money. Everyone talked about the woman, Peaches Monroe, who came up with the on fleek and how she mm-hmm. didn't get paid for it. But like doing what she did on Vine is is Vine an art gallery where I hang things with the expectation of getting a commission or is it the equivalent of going out on a street corner and shouting on fleek for 30 weeks until everyone hears me and then other people start saying the thing that I shouted in public. Well, if I go and shout something in public and other people start saying it, uh, well, what compensation am I going to get? I didn't go to an art gallery. I went on a street corner. And I get, yeah. I guess that the, the these social media spaces weren't defined as art galleries or street corners, and so nobody knows. Mm-hmm. I look at them as, I mean, you and I were in agreement on this, Anna, and that if you take yes. the devil's bargain of social media, good luck to you. Okay, one more call I want to get to. It's a short one from Marcus, and I just want to catch everybody up. This is in response to a caller from our last B-side who asserted that the one silver lining to Trump's candidacy was that we now recognize the country for what it is. And this caller has something to say about that. Hi, this is Marcus from Maryland. I wanted to comment on the previous B-side episode, getting pee from a diaper, more specifically the comments left by Catherine, where she stated that Trump's run for presidency has given her a greater comprehension of how pervasive racism is in this country. I disagree with that. I believe that a lot of white people know that systemic racism exists in this country. They just refuse to acknowledge or accept it because it doesn't directly impact them. Um, I agree with Anna's question where she asked, where have you been? You know, it's 2016. So to me, that's a cop out and it's an excuse and I'm not buying it. Uh, Thanks for the podcast. You guys keep up the good work. How do you all feel about that in light of what's happened? I, I would disagree. I think you you could never overestimate the ignorance of white people uh, when it comes to this and the ways that they just live their lives and have never engaged with it or dealt with it or thought about it or had any meaningful at all. People always say, oh, you know that blackface is racist. No, they don't. They really don't. Trust me, I grew up with them. I grew up at a school where the Confederate flag was our official school flag. And if you poll the students today, 70% of them will tell you that the Confederate flag stands for school spirit. And they honestly believe it because they don't know anything about the history of the Confederate flag and lynching and any of the rest of it. They do not know. White ignorance is bone deep. Okay. Okay. I'm sure there are plenty of white people who are quote unquote legitimately ignorant, but a lot of them are willfully ignorant. Yeah. And, and fair enough. And a lot of them are. And, and that means that they actually aren't that ignorant, but they claim to be, or that, or that they willfully turn away from realities that are right in front of their fucking faces. So, 
sorry, I'm getting a little heated heated about this, but I really, I, I really just, I feel like what I'm hearing from you, Tanner, is the continuation of a, they just don't know better. They just don't, and and, and I don't buy that. I, I, I I'm buy not saying they, they don't have any. Better. I'm not saying they don't have responsibility. I'm just saying you have to really understand where the if you approach them from the point of view of saying you know that blackface costume is wrong, and you're doing this to deliberately provoke me. It's fine for you to that to be your default argument, but understand that it's entirely possible that they really don't know. They really don't. Know. I think it's more likely that they really the, don't care. Or, or yeah, well, not knowing and not caring go hand in hand in hand. I guess so. I'm not defending these people. I'm just stating the the facts of what I know about white America. I'm not saying it's good. I'm not saying it's justified. I'm not saying oh we should have empathy and understanding for how ignorant they are. I'm just saying they're that ignorant. I think right. that well, I guess I guess sorry sorry Adam go ahead. Oh, no, I just, uh, I was going to say, you know, I think that they don't, they don't consider themselves to have any particular advantage over anybody else. And so explaining that can actually be quite difficult. And, and, and I don't want to, you know, I, I'm not going to, I'm going to try not to go too far here, but I do think that over the past eight years, as part of the liberal ascendancy that was taken for granted, there was, there's been a lack of desire and actually making arguments that explain that kind of thing and and a little too much reliance on people on the expectation that good people already know the answer. Mm -hmm. Um, And I think, Mm -hmm. you know, if, if there is a realization from the Trump candidacy, it's that people can't take things for granted and people should try to explain and argue points rather than just reacting with anger or frustration that someone does not already know something. Okay. Listeners, thanks for weighing in. Thanks also to the panelists, discussants, for weighing in. We have a phone number, so give us a call at 612-888-RACE. Of course, if you feel like writing, you can still email us or send us a voice memo. The address for that is showaboutrace at gmail.com. Hang in there. The main episode is dropping soon. <laughs>